This episode of The Huddle is brought to you by The Athletic Club Oakland, my go-to sports bar in the East Bay. Look, this will be a shock to no one. I love watching sports, and I love it even more while at a sports bar. But to be honest, there was a long period of time where I just couldn't find one I actually liked. I'd find a spot that had TVs, but the food sucked ass, or a place that had good food, but they wouldn't show the game I wanted, and the inside felt dark and depressing. It was always some trade-off or sacrifice, and that's finally done now. The ACO is exactly what I'm looking for without sacrifice. They have a huge space, including an outdoor spot where they shut down an entire street and called it the town gardens. They have more than a hundred televisions, which can and will show every game you ask for, and they have great food. The ACO has everything you need to comfortably watch your favorite team in any sport at any time with passionate fans. I love it, and I'm pretty damn sure you will too. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans get everything they want every day they want it. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in the Warriors Huddle with me, Bram. No Marcus today, but with me per usual, my master of all things sound and video coordinator, Maxime. How's it going? Maxime fired up to announce that rejoining us, honestly, after way too long, the co-host of the Morning Roast on 95.7 The Game, a man who's used his knowledge and passion to become one of the brightest voices on the Bay Area sports airwaves and a guy who I will selfishly text when he is broadcasting live on air and then sit nervously in my car, hoping to God that he reads my text on air. Mr. Joe Butcher Boy Shasky, what's going on, Joe? Oh, what's up? I'm maxing that video at the beginning, gave me chills for real, though. Like, that was so cool. I mean, I'm just nodding my head, like, yeah, that Weber moment was incredible. One of my, not the, but one of my favorite players, Latrell Spruel, giving him the outlet pass there. Okay, Joe. So, I, 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 so many things to follow up on there. And, and the first thing I want to throw out, so Joe's right. We're on YouTube now. If you aren't watching yet, you should be. Check it out. And one of the features, Maxime has given us an intro video. But here's the question I had for you, Joe. So we had to, we, you know, yeah. put together all those things. We had to pick the highlights, that kind of shit. And I pulled that Weber one because I remember it. I remember the barbershop commercial. Mm -hmm. But also, if I'm being honest with you, I have a pretty negative relationship with Chris Weber. I still kind of hate him. I think yeah. it's weird that most Warrior fans don't. So right thing to include that should we have kept him out of the highlight package that was the only moment for like 15 years i mean between the baron dave like seriously outside of dunk competitions with jay rich or you know i think it was jay rich throwing the ball off a of boozer's face in a rookie sophomore challenge yeah. like we didn't have a whole lot you know i'm being real so like no, that was one of my favorite moments. And that barbershop Nike commercial was actually filmed down the street at Abner's over here, Excelsior Barbershop um, on Geneva. So uh, that one tugs at my heartstrings. And yes, Weber, don't start me on that. That was uh, very frustrating. On the heels, last night, they were, they're wearing the Run TMC jerseys, which okay. I absolutely love. And I actually got into it with Bonte this morning about it. I, I think that their modern version jersey that you see, you know, with like the Bay Bridge, the new extension, I think that's one of the weakest jerseys in their entire collection. And I think they've got five or six others, in my opinion, that are way sicker that should be in the rotation full time Joe, over those ones. You say this as if I wasn't listening here. I'll prove it to you. Your favorites are the cable car jerseys. You loved the cable car jersey. Mm -hmm. And if memory serves, you said you had a Nick Van Exel one, which was uh, I did, which is an incredible take. And to really underline it and bring it back to where we started, Maxime, true story. So rewind this, man. I don't know. 
couple months ago, not even that, a few weeks ago, Draymond has just punched Jordan Poole. I'm listening to Bonte and Joe break it down, and I, I throw them a text. Now, I pretended like it was nothing, like I didn't want them, you know, like it was just between me and them. The second I texted that, I fucking pulled over by my uh, garage at work and sat, like really, really, really hoping that they would say something. And, and Joe says – Check this text. And then I lost reception, dude. I lost reception for like two seconds. I couldn't fucking believe it. Um, and then it comes back in and he was talking about it. And so that whole like me texting him live on air happened more than once. I'm a little embarrassed by it. It is what it is. All my friends do it. It's all good. I do it to other hosts, and they're like, dude, leave me alone. So don't even trip. I like it because it, what's the difference between me reading the YouTube chat, the text line, or reading a personal text? Like, Bro, that's I think that's probably my number one thing when I look like across the media landscape. Too many people are like, let me tell you about your team. And I have my own strong opinions, but I like to hear what other people think because we've all been fans and we all have suggestions. And I don't think anyone's opinion is more intellectual, more knowledgeable than anyone else's. So to me, it's like all one big cookout, like BYOB. Let's do this. Do you mind if we recut that? I'm going to we'll just start right back where you started. And this time you're going to say, Bram, I like your text the most. I really <laughs> like, I only like reading yours. Whatever you <laughs> in right now, we, we can, uh, we can aim for that down the line. Boys, let's talk warriors and let's go to our glass half full. Joe, you remember this, something yeah. you like, something you don't about recent warriors hoop. And I was going to let you go first, but instead I'm going to follow up on something that you said, because it's the thing I don't like. All right. I didn't like run TMC's takeover. Now, let me be specific, all right? I thought the boys were excellent. I loved listening to Timmy. I love listening to Molly hosted. I loved all of their stories. I liked the back and forth. I liked the jerseys. I liked all of that. But it was a little off place. Here's what I mean. I get the feeling that when they scheduled that, they did it the same way the A's schedule firework games. You know, they thought that no one would be there for what was happening on the floor. The Spurs are trying to lose. The Warriors should be a back-to-back title contender. And so the Warriors probably looked at that and thought, all right, you know, give them a fucking bobblehead. Let's get TMC in here. Let's, we're, we're not the, – the game isn't going to be the focus. And the actual announcing kind of showed that. You know, TMC was talking about their memories. The disconnect is because the Warriors are not in a good place, because the start didn't happen the way it should have, what was happening on the floor did matter. You know, know. we needed a win. I wanted to see them come through. And so the thing I didn't like about the TMC, again, I liked what they were talking about. I just would have preferred it had been over a game I didn't give a shit about because they didn't focus on any of the play. Now, am I wrong? You know, how did you guys experience that? No, it's an interesting point of view that I hadn't really considered. And, you know, it's uh, – I look, I don't pretend to watch League Pass the way Bonte does. Bonte knows every team. I, I couldn't name but two guys on that roster for the San Antonio <laughs> Spurs, right? And it's just like straight up, you know, like Jakob Pertle is a name that the yeah. Warrior fans keep tweeting at me about. I deleted Twitter, Twitter thank God. <laughs> but, like, they keep going, yeah, trade Wiseman for Jakob Pertle. Jakob Pertle stinks. Did you watch him last night? He oh, yeah. stinks. Oh, yeah. He sucks. You're not the only one alone, by the way. Mitch Richmond called him. I don't even know how to say his name. Like he, he I don't know what it was. Mitch Richmond called him, but he had no idea who's on that yeah. roster either. But like, I had no idea that this was going to be an energy pack game three weeks ago. But here we are. You know what I mean? And like, I, I hear what you're saying, and and you know, you're not going to get hard cutting analysis from Buki and and Bob Fitzgerald either. But I agree. There was something there. Like, they're up 30. It's like, oh, thank God. Yes. They haven't been up 30 in what feels like forever. Yeah. Okay. You know? Did you? So, was, I, I'm with you. Was there any PTSD? So, like, I'll, I'll be um, completely transparent. 
it used to be when the Warriors were down, I'm waiting for them to win. Just a matter of time. Let the third quarter come around. We could be down 20. I don't give a shit. We're, we are ultimately going to pull it out. That's how entitled I've become. Last night, when they, you know, they got up 10, they got up 15, they got up 20, it was the opposite. I've got this PTSD response of like, oh my God, they're going to bring in the second unit and we're going to lose this. You know, it was, um, I don't know, it's, it shows how uh, the shoe's on the other foot this season. Yeah, I, I believe me, I, I hear you. And I just think that overall, uh, my viewing experience was much more fresh because I didn't log into social media, right? Like, I do believe that I'm, I'm being honest, like, no. I, I, I have probably been too addicted to, to my phone and social media in general, and it's also part of the job. But like taking a step back, I just enjoyed the broadcast for what it was. I tried to at least. And then like, thank God we're winning and thank God Jordan Poole's going off. And then like, what the hell's going on with Clay Thompson? Like, there's, I have a lot of questions about this team right now, um, but I don't think the sky is falling, and I don't think it's all because of the kids. I, I think it's, I think there's a lot going on on this team right now. Yeah, we'll use that as our transition. We haven't heard from you, so this audience has heard us. You know that we've talked about things we like, things we don't. You can focus just on San Antonio or make it broader, man. Looking at the season at large, what do you like? What do you don't? I mean, guys, I can't stop looking at the Warriors and thinking like something's off. Like, you know, when, like two brothers get in a fight or two yeah. close, close friends get in a fight. Like clearly the punch with Draymond Green is somewhere in the room. I don't know how much oxygen it's sucking up. It might be, you know, a smaller thing now, but I feel like they haven't gotten over it to some degree. Another element that I just can't un something's going on with Clay Thompson. I think more so up, up in his head than it is physically, but there's also a physical thing here. Depreciating is one way to put it. Not right. Uh, not trusting himself, gunning, trying to prove himself too much. Something's going on. And Jordan Poole is off early. And so all of those top three things have made everything else crazy. And what really drives me nuts right now is I do think the general Warrior fan who's a diehard is like trying to scapegoat the three youngsters, in particular James Wiseman, yep. when I'm like, yo, wait a minute. The top six paid players on this team are the ones that are going to make this thing go. I would love the youngsters to have more of an impact. They're behind. I, I'm not here to cape up sure. for the youngsters. They're they're not what they what they were. But let's not pretend like Bielitsa was lighting it up or, or Damian Lee was lighting it up because every time those guys checked in, Warrior fans lose their minds last year. Sure. They're going to win and lose games because of the top six, all right? And right now, a couple of the top six are playing well. Looney, Draymond, Steph. Wiggins has been up and down, but I know what I'm going to get from Wiggins. Clay and Poole have been disastrous, like wrong. straight up. I expect more from them. And then, quite frankly, I think Jermichael Green is not very good. <sighs> I think he's a big downgrade from Otto Porter Jr. Everybody's losing their mind about GP2. Like, they found GP2 on the strap heap. Like, the team wanted Avery Bradley, not the fans. The team wanted Avery Bradley, and they were they cut GP2. So, I feel like we're losing our minds about these ancillary pieces when I'm like, yo, the guy making $40 million a year, Clay Thompson, who I thought was going to be stronger and able to play a full season, just isn't there yet. Jordan Poole, who we all would have banked on at the end of April last year, isn't playing the brand of basketball he should. And I'm sorry, that's not going to get it done for this team right now. You can blame the youngsters, and yes, they're not as far along as I want, but like these top dogs got to play better. Um, working backwards. I'll start with GP2. Sorry, man. I was... Not at all. No, go for it. Never apologize. I would like every ounce of passion we want into these mics. I'll start with GP2. So look, I'm like everybody else. I miss him. Also, he has not played a single quarter of basketball. Not one. 
So, you know, if he was still here, if it somehow had worked out, the idea that these, this record would be different is preposterous. He's not playing yet. He literally has not played important at all. And as far as Clay, you know, the thing that, that continues to stick out in my mind and the reason why I share your concern, it isn't his struggles with shooting the ball. It isn't his struggles with defense. It was that blow up he had with Booker. And here's why. I, I get into fights all the time, dude. I lose my mind. I, people know I have emotional problems. But the time I scream the way that Clay screamed is when I'm the most off-center, is when I'm not feeling comfortable with what's happened around me. If I'm confident in my environment, that's when I don't trip. I don't have to be. I'm, I'm on two feet. And his emotional response to that just it concerns me. It makes me feel like he knows that, you know, he's not only where he wants to be, but he, he's not where he should be even this early in the season. So um, I don't know. We'll we'll find out how that plays. Maxime, what do you got, man? Something you like or didn't? Well, first of all, I just want to piggyback on that because I, I completely agree with you. Every single time Clay, it's it's becoming sort of a recurring theme that he says something to the effect of like, I just, I feel like people aren't giving me enough credit for the amount of work I've done to try to get back. And I just wanted to come back. And there are these situations where public media people, like we know with Charles Barkley, we just talked about this on the last pod, have said some stuff that would make me feel terrible if I was Clay Thompson. I get it. But at the same time, fans, people in the Warriors organization, nobody is giving him anything but respect for coming back the way that he has. Dude is playing fantastic considering that he's come back from two catastrophic injuries. I I want to give him time. I still believe that he's on an upward trajectory, not a downward trajectory. And by the end of the season, the same way we saw in the playoffs, we can expect Klay Thompson to be at least valuable and competent, if not all-star Klay, you know, second best uh, um, shooter on an amazing dynastic team. But the fact that he continues to set up these narratives saying, oh, people are counting me out like I wish they gave me a little bit more credit means that he's in his own head. And that causes me a lot of concern. You know, Maxine, Maxine, let me, let me, let me get, get in, in here on here this because it's interesting that you say that. I just don't think the version of Clay Thompson that we saw prior is coming back. I'm not saying he's not a, he can't be a good contributing player. I just think his role needs to evolve. I look at him and what made him so special alongside Steph Curry, the old version of him, um, was he could defend any perimeter player and lock them down for all 35 minutes. He was on the court and he'd have enough legs to run off ball left and right, left and right underneath the hoop all day. You know, they do that slingshot play him and him and Steph Curry. I don't think that guy's coming back now. Ray Allen wasn't the same Ray Allen when he went down to Miami that he was when he was with the Bucks or the Seattle Supersonics later on in his career. I expect you to evolve. I think where they're getting into trouble right now for, for Clay Thompson is to me, he's a stretch for, and I, that, that, I don't mean like this is a very positionless basketball team. But what I'm saying is, is that him guarding ones, it's not coming back. Can he can you throw him on a guy late in the game and he'll get a stop here and yeah. there? Yes. Yes. Th- there's no he will have his moments. Is he going to have a 25, 30 point game? It's coming. We all know it's coming. The floodgates will open. I think the difference is now it's not as consistent. You're not going right. to see it as often. And that's where I'm a little concerned, because I think the last guy to know is the mirror. You know, and and in this particular circumstance, I just wish that he would embrace the evolution of where he's at. I'll give you an example of Navarro Bowman. Navarro Bowman came back from catastrophic knee injury. He just wasn't the same guy. And he still had a really nice year. He had a really nice year, but he wasn't the same dude. If Clay can accept a – I'm not saying he's got to go to the bench. We use the B word. I'm just a different version of himself. 
I think they would be in a better place. And I think he's trying to prove too much too quickly. And it's messaging him. I also underrated how emotional he is. Yeah. I think he's low key, ridiculously emotional, which is great. You know, he does this thing where he's like deadpan clay. I think he's more emotional than that. Yeah. And that's, that's totally fine. I just wish he would embrace it a little more. I don't think we have to guess. We've seen it. We've seen the emotion in his response to Barkley. We saw his yeah. emotion in his response to Booker. Um, I mean, the most positive version of this conversation is we know the Warriors can win a championship with this version of Clay because they did. Last exactly. Year. You know, I mean, they've done it, but what they've lost is that defensive support because, Joe, you're right. You know, he, he's not the perimeter defensive no. stopper he used to be, and we don't have – you know, I, I remember what I just said, but we don't have GP2, mm-hmm. and the young guys, the Kamingas of the world, have not yet stepped up that defensive pressure, so we'll see if they get there. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm sitting on our golden questions, and I know there's a couple about Clay, so let's get to those. This is our mailbag, Joe. Here's our first. Quote. Mm-hmm. After a less than successful start to the season, Big Jim is being sent to the G League. Please weigh in on these cascading questions for the podcast. Let me pause for a second. I've always liked the nickname Big Jim. Nicely done. And I like the uh, the term cascading questions. Uh, nicely phrased, guy. Here are the cascading questions. Actually, shit. Before I even get there, just softball. Wiseman going to the G League. What do you guys think? Are we, are we happy? Are you... Um, upset, you know, you disappointed. What's what's the initial thought? Yeah, I'm I'm stoked on it. It's the right call. There's a, a lot of a, a lot of characters that need to be carefully managed on this Warriors squad. And the more you're hearing, you know that it's getting to somebody like Wiseman. Oh, is it time to trade him? Is he a bust? Now that he's actually had playing time, you can't just sit behind a curtain of, well, I'm out, I'm injured. This is not what's happening. Yeah, of course people are pissed, but wait till they see me back on the court. We're seeing him back on the court. It's not translating, especially on the defensive end. Kerr is now saying, look, he just needs to get reps. It's tough because we're not a bottom-feeding team where he just gets to get thrown out there for 30 minutes a night and figure his stuff out. He needs the reps. So it's an ideal situation, but it is a very tenuous one. If he goes to the G League and doesn't come back at least a little bit better than when he sent down, you know, we're going to start getting closer and closer to the trade deadline, and the, the talk of trades are going to get louder and louder. I don't know if you had had trade trade value value left. Um, I'll sneak in an opinion real fast here and then turn it to Joe. I'll tell you what, if you had asked me this, how I feel about it, and it happened at at halftime of of last night, I'd be a little disappointed. I want to see him develop and, you know, get get some minutes with the big club. But then they put him in last night. They put him in with like two, three minutes left, and he got the type of ovation that's normally used in college for a walk-on player. People were just happy to see him come on. And his facial expression screamed that he didn't like it that he was kind of embarrassed by it. And, and it was like, it was a weird thing for him. So if that's what's happening, if, if he doesn't like being at the end of the, the bench guy and what he needs is the kind of shine that going to the G league is then fucking fine. Go, you know, get as many minutes as you can get there. How about you, Joe? First impact. What do you think? I feel so bad for the kid on like a personal level. This guy's just been getting crushed this disproportionately might I add yeah, okay. uh, by social media. And I don't think like my dad does not hate James Wiseman and love LaMelo ball the way the internet does like a handful of very loud people losing their minds about LaMelo ball when none of them wanted LaMelo ball. No one wanted LeVar balls dad anywhere near the golden state warriors. Okay. Don't give me your Isaac Okoras and your, your Wagner's. If they would have drafted Wagner, everyone would have lost their minds. All right. Let's, let's just call it what it is like. Yes. He has been underwhelming. 
I wanted to go on the court and hug him. I felt so bad. He yeah. needs a champion in that locker room. He needs someone to stick their arms around him. I don't know if you guys listen to Jordan Poole in the post game. Jordan Poole has grown so much as a person. And I was listening to him talk about like, it's going to be great for him. He needs to do this. He needs to get touched to start feeling good about himself. This kid's confidence is not, it's not gone. It's, evaporated it's completely non-existent i feel so bad for him and the internet is so cruel and i don't think it's fair at all this kid has just been absolutely roasted bialitsa could barely get on the court last year as one of our backup bigs and people are talking like he was kareem abdul jabbar and this kid (laughs) is anthony bennett who literally couldn't play for the cleveland cavaliers i feel horrible i just watched the spurs you guys watch the spurs why is he going to be one of the best players on the Spurs? And that's not saying much, but like that that's where we're at right now. And and this goes back to like again, unfair criticism of these young he's 21. He does need to play. He does need fundamentals. He does need to get better at catching the ball. His IQ and awareness on like the pick and roll as a defender is horrific right now because he hasn't played enough. And listening to the TMC broadcast last night, they were talking about training camps. They did 32 a days. Okay, where they're in the gym playing basketball 30 days in a row, two times, two different sessions. They don't do that anymore. There's very little practice. So development at the NBA level is non-existent. Development is in the games, right? And like you got to show some confidence. I feel horrible for the kid. And I'm I'm, here's the thing. Everyone's going to sell their Wiseman stock, and I hope they do. I'll buy it all up. I'm banking on this kid because he freaking cares. All right. And I know it may, this may not be the situation for him. I may end up looking so stupid. They may end up trading him for an expiring contract like Miles Turner. I am pulling for the kid. He needs someone to champion him. And it just, it really, it's, I'm fucking pissed at the way Warrior fans have treated a 21 year old kid. They would, Brand, would you want your children treated on the internet the way this kid's not. been treated? No, of course not. Well, and, and you know, it doesn't have to be a parent. <sighs> Sorry. To look at this. No, me. look, I, I'm going to back you. Think of it as a fan. For those of you out there who've been shithousing him publicly, you're not helping the team. You're not no. fucking helping him. This is a kid who has rabbit ears. You can see it. He's taking it hard, he's aware of the criticism. What that suggests is that if there's some positive reinforcement out there, he'd be aware of that too. It just, just might help him. Um, and we were up on that Jordan Poole post game. Here's Jordan Poole talking about Wiseman's move to the G League. The outside noise is what will make it tough. It's everybody's opinion. Everybody has something to say. Honestly, no one cares what they think, right? So James is going to have to be laser focused. And I think we know that he is more than anything. Um, and like I say, he's a special talent. He's gifted. He's humble. And he has all the right tools to be successful, you know, and I'm going to tell him to go down there and shoot 50 shots, be aggressive, get tags, hang on the rim, do it all right. Just so he can understand what he wants to be at the highest level. Um, and this is just a step in that direction, you know, and everybody in the locker room is encouraging him and has his back whenever he has questions and um, he'll be good. The outside. It's weird that every time we show video, I get secretly happy. It makes me feel like this podcast is far more important. Um, I love JP's take, man. You know, he he is becoming a professional, and and he kind of backed what we were saying there. You know, dude, I did post game shows uh, 2020, 2020 and twenty twenty one, and then the year before that, 2019, 2020, when I believe it was JP's rookie year, the COVID year, essentially. Yeah, I fielded calls all day and all night. Jordan Poole is not an NBA player. That's what every, those, I didn't even know what he was like. I, and I'm not saying, look, that's an outlier to do what Jordan Poole did. I want to acknowledge it. Like go down to the G league multiple times and come back and ascend as a late first round pick. 
It's pretty remarkable. But here's the thing that I would say to a lot of Warrior fans. They're just they're driving me nuts. And I'd say this to Draymond Green, too. Draymond, Steph, and Clay, they were afforded luxuries on a team that wasn't a contender to be able to play through mistakes. What these young kids, Kaminga, Moody, Wiseman, whoever it is, what they're being asked to do, go out there, make zero mistakes. And if you do, you're fucking sitting on the bench and you ain't going to see the light of day and you're the reason we're losing. Even though I'm making $40 million, you're the reason we're losing. And I, I just – I don't think people grasp like the reality of how ridiculous that sounds in real time. Any skill, any skill. Uh, let's say speaking a new language. Let's say I want to learn yes. Spanish, Joe, and I'm, I'm allowed to do it until I make one mistake and then I have to stop. I'm out. I'm not allowed to practice anymore. Then they give me the next day. I get you know two words in and fuck up. Out. You got to stop. How long is it going to take me to learn how to speak? It's, it's going to be forever. Yes. And that's not even competitive. What if people were trying to stop me? So, of course, this is slowing them down. I'll follow up on something else you said. You are right. This is, It's not a usual thing for people who have to go to the G League. But it's happened with the Warriors. And it wasn't just JP. Kevon Looney. Yep. Loon came here. And everyone kind of gave up on him and thought that he wasn't an NBA player. And then he went to the G League, spent some time, came back is now, you know, Kevon Olujuwon. You know, same thing with JP. So it's it's a little early to completely shithouse Wiseman, but let's get to the cascading questions. Here's the first. How many games will Wiseman play in the minors? Over, under, 10. I think I take the over. I think he's going to be there for a while. What do you guys think? I'm going to go over as well for the time being. Uh, it, it, it sounds like he's going to be on there for at least 10 days. That was what I was told, at least yeah. 10 days. So you're probably looking at five, six games, and they'll probably extend that stay. Again, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. I, I think that this kid needs a full reclamation project mentally, yep. number one. And then all the other things will fall into Dude, confidence is a crazy thing. I mean, that, it really is. That's what made JP's quote about hang on the rim and get some texts. Yes. So you know, because he's not just talking about get reps, catch the ball, you know, see what the system is. He's talking about completely rehash your mm -hmm. mindset. Get in there. Remember that you're a star. Uh, Maxime, over under 10. Yeah, let's hope it's over, right? I mean, then it's a good sign. It means that things are going well because, as Joe said, I think we got, you know, there's a few days off for him to practice when he's down there and then the games start up. So you expect him to have four or five games before the end of this 10-day stretch. If he comes back and it seems like improvement, you know, that's going to be a mental as well as a physical improvement, which means, hey, something's working here. That'll make him feel good. And it's a positive feedback loop. So he would probably want to go back down there and continue on this journey. And especially when you have somebody like Jordan Poole, who's on the other side of this success story, who's now gotten the huge contract, who had the fantastic, who has the bobblehead, right? He's like, he has proven that this formula works and he's in, I'm sure, Wiseman's ear on and off the media stand. So that, that there is a, a full precedent for him and the ability for him to kind of deal with all of the nuances that come with having to go back and forth. I'm sure it's not going to be easy, uh, but I think over time, I hope, I hope if it's over 10, that means that he's doing really well. Talk, Talk me off, me off this ledge, all right? Here's why I've decided to be worried about this. You guys tell me why I'm wrong. Jordan Poole goes down there, and it's all you can eat. Should be. And incidentally, that's pretty much the role he's going to play with the Warriors when he comes back up as the second unit guy, you know, mm -hmm. as the heir apparent to Steph, they want him to take as many shots as you can get to the basket, do all of that. So put differently, when he went to Santa Cruz, he learned exactly what the Warriors wanted him to do. You come back here, you can apply it. If Wiseman goes down and does what JP's talking about, hang on the rim, get 50 shots, all of that. 
That's not the role he's going to have here. That, that's not what they want. They want him to be fucking JaVale McGee. They want him to be a confident JaVale McGee, but they don't want him working on his back to the basket. You know, that, that's, not, that's not the role he's going to occupy when he comes back up to the big club. So if he goes down there and they're force-feeding him and he's putting up all those shots, can it still help him? You know, is, is, my, is this concern off base? No, I think it's totally fair. I mean, this this is one of my big concerns, style of play, right? The way he plays, the way they're wanting him to play down in Santa Cruz versus the way the Warriors play. Here's what I would say, too, though. The second unit doesn't really have an identity right now for the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, Sure as hell would be nice to have a big man that you could throw the ball to yeah. at the block and, and, and get some buckets there and have some split action based off that. One thing I think we've underrated, the kid can pass a little. I yeah, mean, he's he, we're, we're making it out like I know he's stone hands, this, that, and the other, but he can <laughs> pass a little, and he's extremely athletic, and I do think he's emotionally intelligent, almost too emotionally intelligent. That's why I think some of the criticisms aware. Yeah. get to him. Like, like Phil Mickelson talked about this in golf. You're either dumb as a rocks and you're great, or you're almost too smart for your own good. And I feel like sometimes basketball players can be the same way. Um, but I totally hear you on this. I just think he's so low right now on everything that's in his mind. He needs something to feel good about. And I just, I, I pray he goes down there and dominates. And then I hope when he comes back, Put him at the right lineup. Don't play him Alexa Jermichael Green. Like I'm, I'm out on Jermichael Green. I'm just <laughs> out on that that whole experiment. Why are we trying to fit this guy into a specific? Like Kelly Oubre is a great example. Kelly Oubre did not pass. I charted it. He passed twice in a four game span. Twice. It's like impossible the amount of times he dribbled the ball. But like I'll say this: embrace what the hell he does do well. He gets to the rim. He Perfect. jumps up in the air. He's going to yeah. slash. So make the most of what you've got. And I do think at times Kerr's a little too rigid for me. And I love yeah. Kerr. He's an all-timer. But that's one of my criticisms on him. I don't think he embraces what certain people can do really, really well. No, that's fair. And you don't have to be good at all things to be a great basketball player. They never exactly. asked Shaquille O'Neal to shoot the three. And he's still one of the no. best players of all time. You know, So it's, it's a matter of seeing how they can participate. Here is our last. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its opera ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com cascading question for Wiseman, and it's kind of like a judgment theater one. Quote, some players take advantage of this situation and come back stronger than ever. See Jordan Poole. Some take the demotion to heart and never really recover. Which of those personalities do you guys have? So don't answer. Make it a, a guessing scenario. You can speak with me first. So let's see. I start off the season. It's shitty. Doing real poor. They put me to the G League to get my reps. Do I use that as like motivation? I'm ready. Did I want to prove people wrong? Or am I in my feelings a little bit and never really recover? I, I think you're in your feelings a little bit, but I do think you recover because I can tell that you're a very resilient individual. I think you're going to go down there and show off. Maxime? Yeah, but but here's I think you recover like on a different team, right? You lose you're like, you know what? <laughs> Fuck these guys. And you put in a trade request, you know, like 
Yeah, that's that's my that's my thoughts. Yeah, I'd recover in a different sport. I'd be crying <laughs> for fucking weeks, dude. I'd call my mom. I'd send you guys hella text messages. There'd be a bunch of conversations with myself, like, "No, you are good. They don't know." And then, like, I would never actually believe it. I'd like, <laughs> a bunch of like screaming in the mirror and being super upset. So, no, I would not recover. I am not Jordan Poole. Hopefully, uh, Wiseman's not like me. Let's guess for Maxime. You're like me. You, I don't, I don't know if you'd cascade the same way I would if you'd like completely crater and be like super pissy, but I don't think it would be a redemption story. I think you'd go down the same way I would. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think Maxine would embrace it. I think he would be all about it. I think he'd be, he'd be loving life. You quite honestly, I can, I can actually with the hair slicked back the way he's got it right now. I'm getting Santa Cruz vibes from him right now. <laughs> I really getting another guest that he looked like Nick Wright. Are you getting any Nick oh Wright? My God. <laughs> oh my God. You got better hair than Nick Wright though. <laughs> Why well, I'm growing it out. Yeah, so when that, when that happened, it's like, listen, I got to differentiate somehow. I'm going to start just saying that Nick Wright's on this show and featuring our master of all things, Nick Wright. What's the answer, Maxime? So, yeah, I mean, I would absolutely tank my way because I don't want to be in, in Golden State. I want to be down in Santa Cruz. Like, that's, you know, it's the beach life not. I, <laughs> I think that's a hilarious idea that, like, I actually just want to be in Santa Cruz. Um, I just went through this. I just went through this situation. I got some tough feedback at work. I realized I needed to grow as a person. There were a couple of days that did not feel good. I went on some long walks. I had some talks with myself. Um, but then I eventually said, hey, this is actually a great opportunity for me and to succeed. And, and here's the thing. Here's the thing is that I – I took some feedback. I worked on something. I brought this new skill into the workplace that I'd been sort of incubating on the side. And when I had some success with it and got some positive feedback, like the degree to which it catapulted my excitement and enthusiasm for work was like just magnified. Right. So I I think back to the point of like, sure. Yeah. You're getting him to get his reps in the G league. And that's not what we're asking him to do when he goes back to golden state. If he has one possession where he gets to, you know, put his back to the basket you know, bully some guy down and then turn around and dunk it on him. And that's a success. That's going to feel so good. He doesn't need to do that over and over again. He just needs to do it one time. And he's going to be like, Oh cool. It's paying off. It's working for me. I love the way that you wrap that into Wiseman, but I hated your fucking redemption story and how it went really well for you. I feel like way out on a limb and this is going to bother me too. So I'd like to take shots at Joe. I'd like to tell you that no, he'd crater too, since he basically told that to me, but I can't, I think Joe would definitely rebound. I feel it'd be like fucking Rocky. He would hear eye of the tiger in his mind and get all fired up and then come flushing back out with no problem, (laughs) which sucks. But I do, I do think that's what would happen. Oh, Jesus. You guys want to hear a real story here? When it comes, when I first got into radio, you know, I was guns blazing. And like, you know, when you're in the corporate world, you're like, hey, you're worried about your livelihood and this, that, and the other. And you don't want to say or do anything that could jeopardize your career, you know? Well, when I when I got into the radio portion, I'm like, I'm just I'm gonna be unfiltered me 110%, and I'm gonna live and die that way. And I would fire off emails when I was working nights and weekends. I'm better than this guy, this guy, this guy. I need to be on. Uh, this is why you guys stink. And, <laughs> and the boss was so mad at me. And we were actually joking like recently. I'm like, see, you didn't even want to freaking hire me, you know, for like a full-time position. And now look where we're at. You know what I mean? And then going full circle, my arrogance is so ridiculous. I caught myself saying to a pastor recently, we were in front of a bunch of guys. He's the USC pastor. I said something accidentally to the effect of, yeah, we're the number one show in the Bay Area right now. We kick ass. Like It was the most (laughs) asinine, arrogant, cocky thing that's ever come out of my mouth. And Lucas Alexander, who's the producer of the Damon Rattle Show, will not let me live it down. And he's like, I cannot believe you freaking (laughs) said that to a pastor. What a douche. 
Well, here's what you don't know. I occasionally mention to anyone who listen, I text into the number one show all the time. And so I, don't, I don't know if you guys find that impressive, but it is what it is. So what's the ultimate answer, though, Joe? Would you, if you get demoted, you get, you get thrown to the G League, are you coming you know, screaming back? Are you motivated or are you hurt? Uh, I take every slight to the fullest of heart and i and i use everything as motivation like to this day there's a guy who used to run uh the station at 95 7 the game who told me you're never gonna work in this industry ever again i think about him all the time and i i, I feel like jordan at the hall of fame speech thinking about the high school coach that cut him this guy i want like when i see him i'm like now what like you know what i mean like what's up now brandon tyranny who was working at the station at the time no i cannot you will never work in this industry yet yeah, brandon you're in new york and i'm freaking running san francisco suck it <laughs> Excuse my language. I'm sorry. I know there's kids there. I apologize. <laughs> we got a, we've got a, a comment here from our boy Thomas, both Patreon supporter and is watching us on the YouTube here. Joe would burn down the building and start a new team. <laughs> so will. probably true. It's weird that nobody commented to be like, no, Bram would definitely come back stronger than ever. Seems like there's just uniform accepting of that to our um, second golden question, boys. Quote, the Warriors have been waiting to hold a pool party for weeks and finally got to last night with JP in the starting five instead of Clay. Should the Warriors consider a permanent switch? Joe, you already kind of talked about a new role for Clay. What do you think, Ben? Good idea to put him to the bench? So I struggle with this one because I don't think there's an appropriate answer right now. I, I think it's fluid. People put way too much stock into who starts, like just in just in general. And we use the B word bench, like it's baseball or it's football. You're never gonna play. You're, and you're, ne you're never you're gonna sit on the bench. You're never gonna play. Do people know Ginobili made a Hall of Fame career out of coming off the bench? He didn't play the first like three minutes of the game. So what? Like who cares? And then he would come in and he'd face primarily uh, first stringers, and then at times second stringers, and then he would close games. Same thing with Andre Iguodala, and he made that famous with the Golden State Warriors. He had been started his whole career. I think we put way too much emphasis on this. Here's where I think they're in a kind of tricky situation. To me, I don't love Jordan Poole alongside Steph Curry to start games because you give up a lot defensively, and there's a lack of size. Yep. In my mind, it makes more sense with Moody, but I don't think he's earned it. And I also don't think I know what I'm really accomplishing just starting Moody to just have Clay come off for a couple of minutes. But I do know this Clay takes, and there's a lot of people like this in, in their profession, he takes so much worth in being a starter. And I yep. can tell that this is something that matters to him. So take. if that's the greater good, and if I, I have a risk losing Clay, then so be it. I think I have to start him for that reason. Here's where I think it gets tricky, guys. And I don't think people view it this way. I view Draymond Green as a four. I view Kaminga as a four. I view right now Clay Thompson as a version of a three or a four. Yep. Wiggins can also play four at times, depending on what the lineup is. Who the hell knows if Iggy's coming back? Anthony Lamb's kind of like a four. They got a log jam at the four. That's the way I view it right now. And I, I would try to do everything that I can to develop Moses Moody so that he can be that perimeter defender early in games to throw on a booker so that Clay can pick and choose his spots late in games to go on someone so that Wiggins doesn't get worn down throughout the year. They dramatically need defensive lockdown dude, Moses Moody. That's the guy that I'm looking at. But I do think... I would tinker with some of these lineups. I don't know what the answer is. Is it Looney out? Maybe it's Draymond off the bench. Like, I don't know. I'm open to anything. Some people put way too much stock in it. And they think it's sacrilegious. I'm just trying to make this team better and win games and get to the freaking championship. I'll uh, work backwards. Let's start with Moody. Credit Sorry, I'm all over the place. No. Um, stop apologizing. Anything you have to say, we want to hear. I'll start with Moody. All right. 
Moody shows or, or proved his mental toughness to me. Um, let me go back to Wiseman. We know Wiseman has athleticism and hand-eye coordination. Look to his first few games, his first season. We had those plays where he's pulling mm-hmm. down rebounds and going coast to coast. The, the lack of playing time has had him regress, which I can associate with. You guys just heard me tell you that when I get demoted, I don't necessarily get back up. But Moody, Moody had piled up a bunch of DNPs. We weren't sure why, but he hadn't been playing. When he came in last night, he hadn't fucking regressed. He was ready. He hit, he hit yeah. every wide-open three. He was ready to go. I loved him. Lamb competent guy yeah i i've gone from what the hell is he doing out there to i'm happy to see him he's, he's like earned Draymond. it yes he's like Draymond with a jump shot. he doesn't play the same level of d but he's yeah. fairly versatile and can hit it which brings us back to the first point clay sitting or, or uh, coming off the bench for jp so let me say first the idea of messing with the lineup of course that's on the table look no further than the head of the snake steph steph comes back in the playoffs last year the playoffs off the bench the second, you know, a top five guy in the fucking league, the face of the franchise, you know, the most talented person to have ever worn a Warriors jersey is willing to come off the bench. Well, then everybody else has to be willing to come off of it. So, and then I'll also say, I like the entertainment value of Clay off the bench. Can you imagine how many fucking shots he would take? He doesn't, he's never seen a shot he doesn't like with the starting but five. You know, we'd like, be great with that, wouldn't you? I'd say, yes, I would. And the only thing, well, I'll add two because you had a great point. The reasons why I don't think they should do it yet. One, which you said about how it could impact his mental state, had not considered, and I think that's really important right now. You know, if he's taking this criticism to heart, maybe putting him to the bench right now isn't the best move. But two, the other problem we're having is we're teaching everybody new roles. I'm not sure it's the best idea to also ask Clay to have a new role right now. You know, let's let's figure out what the rest of these guys can do before we start shifting up the other concrete roles they do know how to perform. And Maxine, I'll throw it to you in a second, but like I look at someone like Kevin Love. Kevin Love has probably bought three, four, five more years. I don't know, however many he wants to play, embracing the role of the bench. Think about Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony was out of the league because he was too stubborn to realize. And I'm not saying we're there right now with Clay, but whoever it is, it, it can be Draymond. It can be, you know, insert player X. If you embrace an evolving role, you can be a big right. time piece to a championship. Look at Ray Allen in Miami. I just, I don't, I, I get it because the ego, but like, God, if you just take a step back, how many checks has Iggy cashed yes, playing in situational basketball? Like, of course, you're right. Of course, dude, the, the, the starting five matters to teams that are in like eighth, ninth place. You, exactly. want, that, you want it to come out. The, it, who finishes the game? The finishing five mm-hmm. is what matters to title contenders. You know, and so like, yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's some shine that comes with that starting five, but it's not the most important thing when you're playing for chips. You know, Maxime, where's this hitting you? Yeah, first of all, uh, just to go back to the quote about Curve basically saying, yeah, Jordan Poole definitely functions a little bit better in the starting lineup. I feel like there is, you know, Kerr is very media savvy. He's been doing this a long time. He knows it. Podcasts are going to be talking about this quote. There's there's some thought that went into him deciding to say that at this point. I don't know if he's setting the stage for some eventuality or not, but I just think it's really interesting that we're at this inflection point and that we hear those words come out of him. So that's part one of my thoughts here. Part two, I, I mean, I completely agree. It's not the right time. It would absolutely decimate Clay. However, I do think, you know, I've been thinking this whole time, you remember that Kaiser Permanente commercial with Clay playing chess against himself? As much as as much as he doesn't like to admit that um 
right now that he's in a emotionally vulnerable place, I actually really do trust him to be an emotionally strong and emotionally intelligent person who is the type of person to be like, oh yeah, I'm playing chess with myself. He's going to get back to that state. He is the type of person too. Should we get to a critical time come the playoffs where we kind of need him to come off the bench where things still aren't really working? He's going to be the first to accept it because like you said, he saw Steph doing it. I think there's precedent there, but I think he's also more likely than almost anybody else on the roster to take that because he wants to win a championship just as bad as anybody else. So if we get to that place, Steve Kerr has primed the stage for this to happen. Clay is a little bit less emotionally vulnerable than he is right now. Look, there's no need to do it yet. Right, let him get his reps on. But if he does need to take a step back, I think he is going to be willing to do it. Anybody out there who's watching this for the first time and thinks that was Nick Wright giving positive warrior takes, that's not Nick. I know he looks a lot like that's not Nick in any way, shape, or form. It just is what it is. Don't be distracted, please. Can we all agree the Clay Thompson thing? It's big. Like there's something here, and it's it's as much as the Draymond punch looms over everything. Jordan and Clay, and I said this to Bonte off air, you know, maybe two or three weeks ago. This isn't going to go away. And I'm not saying that there is an answer or an easy fix, but clearly they need both of them. That's the thing I think lost in the sauce of who starts it. They need both of these dudes to be able to get another championship. Of course, you're right. Um, it's so right that I'm not even going to follow up because it makes me sad to talk about. I mean, I, I've said into this microphone, Joe, that if, if this is the new level of who Clay Thompson is and they pay him $40 million, not a championship roster. You know, they, they've got, they, there's some holes there that hopefully he will fill as he starts getting better. Instead, I'll tell you guys this, or at least ask you about it. Do you remember that commercial? I think it was for the Bay Area News Group that showed Clay reading a newspaper, sitting in the middle of a fucking cart with his yeah. legs crossed. Has anybody ever sat in the middle of, a, of an empty court and like, what can I do now? I'm going to read a full newspaper. Like whoever it was who wrote that, I don't understand where they drew inspiration from. Like, why'd you put them on a basketball court? I, I it's funny you reference that. Cause I actually referenced the other day and I, I believe this one of the great images of the San Francisco giants dynasty was a fan showing up in 2015 opening weekend in LA with the Chronicle in the front row. And it said dynasty right, and he's reading it. <laughs> I don't even think he's reading it. And it's the first inning of the game. And he, you know, it's like Panda or whoever's about to bat. And in the background is this guy feet up reading the newspaper. I think that's one of the all time great walk-offs by a, by a, fan ever well i'm sure that they considered some like ad that took advantage of that and they had clay thompson yes. sitting in the middle of fucking center field yes. reading the newspaper for absolutely no reason uh boys our final question quote kaminga recently posted a quote from lebron essentially saying fuck the haters is this a good thing or bad thing for warriors fans so this is something joe i'm not sure if you've seen yet that he posted to his instagram i oh. believe bother you that so many people are happy to see you fail? <laughs> Absolutely not. Because at the end of the day, um, all the people that was rooting on me to fail, um, you know, at the end of the day, they got to wake up tomorrow, have the same life that they had um, before they woke up today. You know, they got the same personal problems that they had today. So again, we heard LeBron's voice, but that was put out there by Jonathan Kaminga. Joe, what do you think, man? Should we be happy? Has he found motivation? Is this a middle finger to the Warrior fans who've been dropping criticism on him? How do you interpret this? 
I interpret this. This is part and why I deleted Twitter off my phone. <gasps> Social media is so negative. It really, it's, it like was making me angry. Now, I don't pretend to have any level of fame on the same level of a Jonathan Kaminga. And I know Jonathan doesn't pretend to have any fame on the level of a LeBron James, but there's only so much someone can take without it hitting you and hurting you. You have to be a pretty soulless individual to not get hurt by some of the negative comments. And what really bugs me is that there's just so much hate and so much vitriol by a handful of anonymous counts that will continue to berate you. It's impossible to not feel it. I want to be liked. I, I freely admit it. I say this all the time. People can say like, oh, like Tupac, F everybody. and blah, blah. It is human nature to want to be liked and loved i don't care who you are now some people very few are wired like they don't need all that i i truly believe the majority of human beings want to be loved and embraced by people I, that's the way i operate and it is really difficult for someone like jonathan kaminga to navigate social media and you've got people in your inner circle you're the man you've got guys on your team you're not ready or coaching staff you're not ready then you have social media you're the reason we're six and eight like it, and then I'm just giving you the abridged nice edition. You know what I mean? Like these people must get so much hate everywhere they go. I don't know how young athletes do it. I'm being honest. Like I, I talked with my, my nephews and nieces about this who are young athletes. Don't post anything on social media, but it's impossible for them when they have the level of fame that these NBA guys have to, to, to stay off of it. And their generation grew up with it. It's, I am not mad at him, I guess, is what I'm saying. And I don't think people realize how much freaking anonymous hate is out there. I don't have the right answer because young people love social media and and they get intoxicated by the likes and the retweets and stuff. So I, I feel for these kids. I legitimately do. The older I get, I feel for them. I don't understand anonymous hate towards the players whom you are rooting for. And let me, let me um, add some background to that. So we get hate mail, dude. I read it on this show occasionally. Yeah. And you know, as much as it bothers me, can I understand it? Sure. Talking shit anonymously, you know, and then, and being able to, to be it either from jealousy or from whatever the hell it is, I can understand the idea behind it. They're not necessarily rooting for this podcast. So if their negative shit makes a, a negative impact on us, why would they care? Off you go. Right. But if I'm rooting for the Golden State Warriors, if that's what's up, I would like them to win a championship. I want to see these players develop. And then I go into a public forum and talk as much shit as I can against these players who I would like to develop. What's the upside? I know. Like, what, what are you hoping to see happen? You know it's not going to make them feel better. You know, it's not going to relate in any kind of positive thing. So I don't understand why it goes down. As far as this take, I guess I'm hardened by it. Here, let me put it this way. I just want to see him motivated. Um, Kaminga, unlike Wiseman, I'm still 100% on board for. I think this guy has the exact body type we need. I think that he is still tapping into it. And I think that if there's anything we can do as fans to support him, let's do it, man. And if, you know, if he can use the hate, then you can use the hate. You know, I think another element that we have completely underrated as a media is the learning curve for these people that are from other countries coming to this country Okay, and getting handed millions of dollars. And there's already a cultural oh, yeah. learning curve. I think of like Yasiel Puig. I know he's going through some things off the, you know, with, with some gambling and stuff, whatever. This guy had to flee Cuba. Okay, swim in shark infested waters and the cartel had to be paid off so that he could get, you know, illegally smuggled essentially into America so he could sign with a baseball team. Now, it's not as dramatic with Jonathan Kaminga. 
but he left his home country right. and didn't see his family for five or six years. He came to this country not only to play basketball, but to uplift generations of his family out of poverty. And, you know, TRX175 says, you suck, bro. You're the reason why we're losing. It's like uh, they, this dude is like literally trying to like he doesn't even have a license. I don't even think I don't even know if he has a license. He can't he even drink. I can't even get my 22 year old nephew to get out of bed and give me a freaking <laughs> call at 1130 in the afternoon. And this guy is playing on the NBA like I just I don't know what compels people like Jonas Drebko is a great example. I thought Jonas Drebko stunk. OK, yeah. I didn't log on to social media and be like, Jonas, you suck and you can't play and, and you're terrible. And I root against you every minute you're on the court. Like, no, I want Jonas Drebko to have a couple moments like Bialica did in the finals so I can play the Bia Bia song and he can be a champion forever. Like, isn't that what we all want? We want parades down Market Street for crying out loud. Of course, you're right. Also, I'll have you know, uh, for those of you who may have heard that song, my dog is apparently vomiting in my office, so that's a giant bonus. <sighs> yep, there you go. He successfully finished that. That is disgusting as shit. I'll have you also know that every time you say Bialita or anybody else in my life says Bialita, I hear your fucking voice saying Bia Bia, and I will never, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. It's maybe just a weird thing. You know, I'm, I'm not totally sure what to do with that. Maxime, uh, while my dog finishes his health problems here, What's your Kaminga take? My goodness. Uh, sorry. Uh, sorry, Bo. That's, that's, a, that's a shitty experience for everybody, and I'm sure it's not smelling great in there right now. Look, I, first of all, I think there is absolutely a difference between criticism, and it could be constructive criticism, right, but just criticism versus looking for an opportunity to go viral based on negative feedback. And what we know, I mean, social media algorithms are designed for people to get boosted and get seen by more people, the more it's controversial. And so we have bred into our society, into our social media society, mechanisms by which you're actually actually rewarded for just kind of being a dick and, and talking trash. So you have a bunch of people. This is an international fan base at this point. And, and so what you get is an international bandwagon on top of it of all these people. And it's not just bandwagon positive fans. It's people that are jumping on the bandwagon to get their voices projected out into this space. And we've gotten really good at figuring out ways to do this. So I'm just going to, you know, quickly while we're here, make a plug in for this book, 10 Arguments for Deleting Your Social Media Accounts right now. It's huh. especially with Elon Musk taking over Twitter. Never been a better time to check this out, to understand the mechanisms behind why there's these problems and 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 do some considering as to how much you want to participate. Are these fools advertising on the pod or is this just a fucking- 100% right, 100% right. <laughs> no, I love this. You know, you know, but this this is interesting because I, I, I find this really crazy when it comes to the NBA in particular. We're obsessed with the transaction and we're not even fans of teams. It feels like we're fans of certain players. And I'm not saying you guys, just in general on social media. There's LeBron fans and Steph stands and and this, that, and the other. Not Warrior fans. I knew the moment when I needed to delete Twitter off my phone because it was making me angry. It was in the middle of Friday night's game, Cleveland. Clay hits a huge three in the corner. I'm like, good for Clay. Now, I love the communal aspect of Twitter. I, that's what lured me in. Yep. Middle of the game, I'm live tweeting, wow, great, you know, Kaminga dunk or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, oh, Cody Ross hit a three-run homer. Yep. Like, I, I love that. Or just getting off some of my opinions. You know what I mean? And, like, I didn't take it very serious. The moment I knew I got to get off here, people were dissecting the demeanor of the youngsters as we're in a crunch time moment for the golden state Warriors, And I'm like, y'all have agendas. This is sick. We're, 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 we're looking for things to go viral for this making, this is making me angry. 
I need to cut this out of my life. And I'm not saying that I'm better than anyone. I'm just saying for me, it was literally making me angry reading some of the things that people were looking for. And here's the crazy part. People were hitting that like button so hard because yeah. the negativity feeds. And it's it's wild yeah, to me. Right. It's yeah. wild. I, I, I don't understand it either. It sounds like you should uh, contact Jerome Lanier here. You can give him the 11th reason why we should drop our social media account. Joe, missed you. Welcome back, man. Um, I, I know I'm not alone in thinking that I need far more Shasky in my life. For those who are feeling that way, where do they go? Uh, well, butcherboy415 on Instagram. That's where I will post you, where, <laughs> where I post photos of my coaching and me doing sporting things and fun stuff. And, and even that can be superficial and fake. So I'm not here to pretend like I know that's ruined a generation of young women out there with the Kardashian thing and all that. Trust me. We're, but uh, check me out there or on the morning roast, 95.7 The Game, every single morning. So, you know, wake up in the morning, flip us on. You're looking for us. You can find my texts on the morning roast. Uh, they're featured really brightly there, yes. which is uh, which is the key to everything. No, our social media account remains uh, only on Twitter. That one's at Warriors Huddle. And if you want to shoot us an email, let us know we did a good job, bad job, any job, or just get us a question for the golden questions. You can wait, send wait, that wait. too. We're not done. We're not done. I want your favorite Warrior jersey to, to put a big bow on this bad Run, boy. Run, Give it to me, Bram. Run TMZ. There's no question. That's your favorite um, Warrior jersey. The, yeah, so run. I, I should say, so Run TMC jersey. Those are my yes. favorite jerseys. It's not close. I can't separate the nostalgia, right? You know, like mm -hmm. I look back at Jordan as a superhero because of how old I was when he was playing. It's not a, it's not a sports analysis. It's just how I was looking at that. Yep. I have a similar relationship with Run TMC. You know, I was a little, little older, but like I, I view them in that light. And so anytime I see that font, Anytime I see that, you know, the star where the uh, where California is, it just it makes me smile. So it's not close as an East Bay guy. I'll have you know that when you said the cable car thing, I screamed, fuck you, Joe, into the radio. But I you know the, the rest but I, of what we agreed on. But I rounded it out like to me and I have both of these jerseys. I think the town with the tree should be one of their no, staples that yeah, they wear in rotation. Yeah. I think it's one of the dopest ones that they make. The, yeah. the way the, the, the lettering, it actually has a Star Wars feel to it coming around the neck. Like that slate jersey is so clean. No, you're and and I'll have you know that you and I agree on the flower thing. If you need to tuck in a large portion of the design to make it work, well, then it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Exactly. Why do you even have it on there? <laughs> Maxine, what's yours? I'm so, sorry to hijack the ending here. I don't know. Uh, you totally and you totally stole mine too. I have an authentic Steph Curry uh, uh, Oaklandish jersey. That's definitely my favorite one. The only thing that makes me sad about it, and and I agree actually, the Run TMC era because it's so ubiquitous, right? It's transcended basketball. Yeah. It's just a representation for Bay Area culture. I mean, like all the homies had those hats growing up, right, with the star on the California. It's just. It's so sick. It is so – it is the coolest jersey for sure. The only reason that that one beats out the Oakland jersey for me is because, like, it's bittersweet, right? It was their last season in Oracle, and it's like – it's a reminder. It's like a precursor to them, them finally releasing a jersey that says Oakland on it when they're not even in Oakland anymore. Like, talk about complete pandering. And so I can't help but relate all of those things together, and it feels like a reminder of the end of an era. Uh, and so it, it makes me a little bit sad, but I still wear it with pride. I'll put a bow on this with an embarrassing story. So the only jersey I have is a Jay Rich jersey from when he played, from when Thunder was on it. Oh, yeah. you know? And the only time I wear it is Halloween. I wear it every year, always walk around. And no one's ever really commented on it. And this year I threw it on, and I'm walking around with my seven-year-old. And she watches some of the games with me, not a whole lot of them. And she looks up, sees me in it, sees my T-shirt underneath it, and goes, Daddy, the players don't wear a T-shirt underneath the jersey. And I was like, well, 
sweetie, the players aren't strangely overweight and don't look totally <laughs> ridiculous in a jersey. So it is what it is. But to pick up where we dropped it, Maxime, where should they send that email? Huddle at warriorshuddle.com. With that in mind, go Warriors. We'll see you next week. Go Dubs. Good, good.